Hello, and welcome to Harvard Kennedy School PolicyCast. I'm your host, Matt Cadwallader, and regular listeners of the show will know that usually we do these intros live, but this week we've had to change things up a bit. You see, a couple weeks back, I had a great conversation with all-pro NFL linebacker Brendan Ian Badejo, who's a staunch ally of the LGBT community. A good portion of that conversation was about when we'll finally see an openly gay athlete in one of the four major U.S. sports. Then, earlier this week, NBA player Jason Collins answered that question. Although that news has dated much of the interview's context, Brendan's perspective on the issue is still very relevant. So here's Brendan Iambadejo on why there hadn't yet been an openly gay player in the major U.S. sports. Yeah, well, the, the sports cu- culture is a little bit behind um, the rest of America, but also, you know, the, the sports culture is a slice of America, but you're not necessarily getting everything that that is represented in America. So first of all, I mean, it's it's all men's, of course, the, right. the four major sports. So there's not any women involved, and there are women that have come out that are professional athletes and played while they've been out. So, um, but also... Um, we're just we're a little bit behind. We haven't had our Jackie Robinson player yet, <clears throat> and as an ally, um, it's my job and and people like Chris Cluey and Scott Fajita. It's our job to have a safe environment so when an athlete does come out, they will be embraced, they will be welcome. We've played with them through the t- through the test of time. We've played with gay athletes. I've played with them my entire career, but I just don't know that they're gay. So when they do come out, we're hoping to have a nice, safe, and conducive environment that they're comfortable and they can come out, they can be themselves, and we believe this issue is so important because not only can they be themselves, they can excel at their sport, they can be better people off the field, and then there's a trickle-down effect throughout society and into young kids, and we know bullying is a big issue, over 160,000 kids miss school every day because of bullying and over 4,400 suicides um, due to to bullying. And a lot of those kids that are being bullied are believed to be in the LGBT community, even though a lot of them aren't. So, um, you know, it's an important issue and it's very relevant today, not only in sports and in society, but also in politics. You mentioned Jackie Robinson. Uh, Jackie Robinson is obviously one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Do you think that the first person to come out, say, in the NFL needs to be of that caliber? Does he need to set a certain standard, or can it be a role player on on a team? I mean, it can be anybody, and it's most likely going to be anybody. How often does a Jackie Robinson-type athlete come around? But um, I think if it is somebody of that caliber, if it is a, a starting quarterback or it is the premier running back or defensive guy on a team, I think it's going to be a lot smoother a transition. Um, it, it's really going to change the tide in society because someone's going to be cheering for that person already. They're going to be wearing their jersey already, and they might be homophobic, and that might be the one thing. That might be their epiphany moment. That they're like, wow, this guy, he's a, he's a killer on Sunday. He goes out there. He's the best player on the team. and I used to hate people of the LGBT community. I used to be homophobic, and now I have a role model that's already been doing it, and I didn't know, and now I have to change the person that I am. So um, that would be amazing if it was, but if it isn't, um, it doesn't matter. Everyone deserves to be treated equally, and if you're a role player, I've been a role player for most of my career, um, or if you're a superstar, it's equally important that you have the support of not only your team but the community as well. 
Robinson broke the color barrier in 1947. Uh, you've mentioned in previous interviews the uh, decision Loving versus Virgin- v. Virginia. Uh, that was in 1967. That basically legalized across the country interracial marriage. Now we're in a situation where we might have a ruling allowing, uh, you know, gay, same-sex marriage across the country before we see sports catch up. Is there something different about, you know, the civil rights movement of the the 40s, 50s, 60s, and the gay rights movement, which is now seeming to, you know, percolate? And yeah. It's at its. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there there's alarming similarities because. All of it in its entirety is the civil rights movement. If you read, if you go back to you know the Emancipation Proclamation or um, Brown versus Board of Education, Loving versus Virginia, these are all instances where America had it wrong. Um, don't ask, don't tell, DOMA, Proposition Eight in California. These are all instances of of equality where America's gotten it wrong, and we're doing what it takes to change those things now. The reflection on society, um, you know, usually the pe- the people have a calling for something, and then um, government changes. And right now, the people have a calling for something. So hopefully, um, they'll happen in unison, or hopefully, a, a player will come out. You know, before we get all fifty states to approve marriage equality, you know, we're going to see something big with uh, the repeal of of DOMA. We're going to see something big in California with Proposition Eight. Yeah. Is it going to be a, a, a a sweeping stroke that's going to, you know, influence all the states. No, but at least um, when DOMA is repealed, at least the people in those nine states and in D.C., at least their marriages will be protected on a federal level, which it isn't now. Um, and, yeah, society's going to have some catching up to do. I mean, we already play with gay players or athletes in the LGBT community across all of sports. And um, I think this will be an instance where government, you know, eases that and is actually going to is a little bit ahead of the um, sports community, so it, it'll it'll be great to to be able to rely on, on government and the ease of of government in this issue and easing society and opening up society. So that'll be a beautiful thing. When it's usually you know generally happened the other way around, you know. Harvey Milk famously uh, asked that gay people come out of the closet so that they can become. Uh, a part of society that can't be ignored. He saw it as a moral, a moral imperative that you come out. Do you think that uh, pro athletes should feel that same level of that moral imperative to come out as somebody who's, you know, worked with organizations to try and make it easier? Right. <clears throat> well, as a straight athlete, it's it's hard to say. How can I tell somebody that's in the minority group what the right thing is to do or, or how they should do it? There's several repercussions that they could face. I mean, when you can be fired from your job in over 30 states, um, how do you tell somebody to come out when you might lose your job? Um, that's not fair. Um, so as an ally, um, the best thing I can do is really just continue to influence the community and society and, and do what I can legislatively, like myself and Chris Cluey have in in Minnesota and in Maryland, respectively, and just be there for when the athlete does come out. We believe that you shouldn't say that it's better to do one or the other as an ally because we're not in their shoes. And we just really preach that we're going to be here for you one way or another. We're going to support you one way or another. And when you are comfortable or when a group of young men are comfortable to do so, then we will have done as much as we can and we will continue 
to do as much as we can to to make this a conducive and an inclusive uh, environment for athletes. So you've faced uh, a number of accusations that oh you're actually in the closet and that you're you're just hiding behind this and your advocacy is evidence of that. Right. <laughs> now obviously you're straight. You you've said so. But if you were gay, would you feel at this point? Would you personally feel comfortable coming out? Yeah, I mean, I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. Uh, growing up in Santa Cruz, California, kind of do things a little bit differently back there, kind of a holistic approach. And the more you love yourself, the more you can love others um, approach to things. And um, I definitely, if I was if I was gay, I probably already would have been out, I think so. And I'd probably be doing a movie right now and writing a book and uh, reaping all the monetary gain of that after I, you know, was picking up uh, my... Uh, picking up my ego off the ground from the uh, scrutiny that I would have faced five years ago, you know. Well, Brian, I am Badejo. Thank you so much for being on PolicyCast today. Thanks, Mac. Oh, it's Matt. My bad. <laughs> You've been listening to PolicyCast, a production of Harvard Kennedy School. More information can be found at hkspolicycast.org.